Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. All right. <laughs> so these guys were out, uh, Rebecca, Becky, uh, Jessica, Adrian, and Alexis, yesterday they were ministering in New York with um, a, a world-renowned uh, worship team um, from the Dominican Republic. Barack is their name. And um, uh, they left me behind. And uh, so we disbanded officially and formally the Los Carmonas, and um, and 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 I am I'm here to formally announce that I'm going on the road as a solo, well, not a solo, but a duet. It's now going to be called El Carmona and Juan Reyes. Me and David are going to come together. That's what we're going to do. We're just. So I'm gonna do I'm just go out with my son-in-law and we're just gonna sing, man. David, you with me? <laughs> all right. So all, all month we've been talking about being lit, being the light of the world. Light of the world. And I want to begin this morning. I want to give you backstory. I want to give you a backstory to a scripture I'm going to read. All right. Uh, too often when we share scriptures. Uh, if you don't get the backstory, then you don't really get the sense of, of where it's coming from. So when I read stories in the Bible, I like to go back and get a backstory. And then I want to share that with you so that as we read the scripture, then you can understand the full context of what's happening. All right. Socially, so that you can understand what's happening, so that you can understand what's having, uh, happening politically and on and on and on. So in a time when uh, pastors, as we know them today, didn't exist, elders and deacons were the governing system to manage the churches. Elders and deacons were, were men that uh, an overseer known as an apostle would leave in place to manage all of the affairs of the church body, the church community. Churches usually had an apostle, that's an overseer, who planted the church and then trained up leaders. Those leaders were called deacons and elders, and they were there to sustain the community once the apostle would leave. Because the apostle was never a permanent fixture in the churches that he planted. All right, it was never a permanent fixture. He would train men up and then he would leave them in place to manage the church in his place. Paul is one of these apostles and he is writing this letter that we're going to read to one of his churches in Philippi. So let me give you a little bit about Philippi. Philippi is a Roman colony in a province known as Macedonia. So this church in Philippi was the first Christian group in that community there in Greece. So this is the very first church that had been assembled, all right? And Paul is writing this particular part in scripture that I'm about to read. However, he is not alone as he is writing this letter. He is with his spiritual son. So, so Paul and Timothy are together and they're together 
but they're not meeting at a Starbucks. They're not in a church building. They are actually in prison. They're in prison. So what I'm about to read is an excerpt from this letter that Paul is writing. Paul is gold. You know, I sat there and while everybody was worshiping, while everybody's worshiping, I could see children crying. I could see husbands and wives together. I see fathers brokenhearted. I see all kinds of things. But, but, but I see a community of people just coming together. And, and that is the aim when we started this church, just to aim to see that and just to see it at a greater scope and bigger where people could come. People can come as jacked up as you are. You could come to a place where you're not going to be judged. You're not going to be judged and no one's going to single you out and go, hey, listen, we're all a little messed up and we're just trying to get better. So we come together in this community to find healing and restoration. That's what we're doing here. All right. That's our aim. And, and, and so as Paul is writing, Paul writes to the church in Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 15. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. Now that I'm away, it is even more important that you work hard to show the results of your salvation. Let me say that again. That you work hard to show the results of your salvation that you got to hold on to that because that's going to be one of our points today as we wrap things up today obeying god with deep reverence and fear for god is what is god doing what is god doing he's working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Don't forget that line. Who gives you the power and the desire? Who gives it to you? All right, remember that. Is that it for me? Again, another one. Do everything. Yeah. So that can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God shining like bright light in a world full of crooked and perverse people this is an awesome read this is this is an awesome read to understand the aim of the church the purpose Paul overemphasizes the need to demonstrate your Christian your Christianity in how we live in somebody say in the world not just how we live in the church but how we live in the world all month this topic of uh, be lit i've highlighted our purpose and assignment as christians believers children of god in this current uh, current climate specifically in how this world is today if you're thinking that things are going to get better in the world it's not politicians aren't going to make it better finances aren't going to make it better political parties aren't going to make it. it's not going to get better this world is dark 
And last week we learned that our conduct and behavior should cause people around us to praise God. There should be a, 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 an impact of our horizontal conduct and behavior, behavior that provokes, provokes a vertical, vertical praise because of what's happening horizontally. Guys, I'm going to need a little work on this because it's really taking me off. So I'd rather just take a handheld, if anything, but this is not helping me. This isn't helping me yet. I'm sorry, I'm not being a diva. This is really not, not where I'm so I'm really not being a diva. <laughs> All right. Yeah, it was just... I'm sorry. All right. So I, I was overemphasizing, overemphasizing. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. Oh, you got to turn it off. Where was I? That was a test. Okay. That was a test. That was a test. That was a test. That was a test. All right. All right. So let's not mess with this one now. No? No one's touching anything. All right. All right. Mike, I will I will cut your hands. All right, here we go. But but our our horizontal conduct should provoke people to give a vertical praise because of how we conduct ourselves, our behavior. It's, it's, I know it's not, I know it's not easy. I, I shared my experience last week. I, I shared it with, with what I experienced on a plane. I know some of you are experiencing things like this when you go to, when you go to work or maybe when you're driving. Um, you know, there was a, please let's pray for the schools, pray for the schools. Apple uh, in, in, in middle Middle uh, Middletown just 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 had a shooting there over the weekend, and and it did again. It's 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 evil is running rampant, and so it's our conduct, our behavior, horizontally should give God praise. So we are to be light in the world, dark as it is. We are to be lit. We learn. A few things from Paul in this letter that will help us bring this conversation full circle. Now, I want to leave you this morning with these six calls of action. As we wrap up the month, we're going to wrap this up. And I want to give you these six things that you can take with you. And, and, and when we're through the week, when you're having your discussions and you're kind of kicking around, what did I learn this week that you can um, maybe share these six points uh, with someone or maybe you're you're jotting them down in your journal but i want to give you these six things number one this is all based on the letter that we just finished reading from philippians number one number one work hard to show the results of your salvation many of us are working hard to show the results of the church we go to 
That's not what Paul said. Paul said to work hard to show the results of, of your salvation. Your salvation. Now, I, I want you all to ask yourselves this question. What is the outcome of Jesus saving my life? What was the outcome? If I'm, you know, people get baptized and, and it's symbolic and it's interesting to hear people to say, oh, this is why I was baptized. This is why I want to be baptized. I, I, wanna, I wanna say goodbye to the old person and I'm gonna start new. And then two, three weeks later, you pick up right where you left off. So the question is, what is the outcome of Jesus saving your life? What is the outcome? What is the result that other people can see in your walk? Whatever it is, show it, share it, and work hard. Work hard. That was, a, that was what Paul told the church. He said, work hard at showing. Matthew chapter 7 verse 20 says, Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their, by their, by their, not the church membership. You do not need to tell people what kind of a fruit tree you are. They should be able to identify you from afar. Work hard to show the results of your salvation. As a pastor, I spend way too much time sometimes overemphasizing uh, uh, emphasizing and belaboring this point, but fruits are not announced. Let me say that again. The fruit is not announced. They are seen. Did you get that? You don't need to go around telling people and announcing what they ought to sense and feel from your horizontal interactions. They should know you're different. They should feel it and sense it. Number one, you got it? Number two, read it with me. Obey God with reverence and reverence and fear. Now, reverence means to be aware of a person's importance and significance in my life and never take that person's life lightly. That's what reverence is. Don't you ever, ever take another person's life lightly. It's reverence. Now, fear means to have a high regard and it doesn't mean to be afraid. Times this these these two these two get mixed, and 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 the fear of the Lord doesn't mean to be afraid of Him. It means to have and hold in high regard. Paul told the church of Philippi to be obedient to God this way, with high regard, with high regard to be obedient, to to be obedient in reverence. Somebody say reverence. Now, don't obey God. Don't obey God like a person that simply checks off a box on their checklist, but be sincere in the way that you walk with him.
being aware of the importance and the significance of who God is in your life. You know, many people come to church. Reverence, reverence is expressed. Reverence is expressed. Are you ready? Your time of arrival. Adrian, what time was your performance last night? The concert, what time did it begin? What time? Eight okay, I'm talking to Adrian, Jessica. Sheesh. I'm going to do a whole tour better on that. A whole tour better on men having to, oh my God. I know you're a team, but I'm talking to Adrian. You hear me, Pablo? Okay. You hear me, Pablo? <laughs> Pablo disappeared on me on Sunday. I had a whole presentation for Pablo and he disappeared on me. And all I wanted to do was say, Pablo, you're doing such an amazing job on the keyboard. Thank you very much. Woo! Yeah. So what time? 8.30 p.m. What time, what time did you have to be there? Hmm. We got there at 12, but we woke up around 6. Okay, and what time? Did you arrive? Back home? No. What time did you arrive? At the, okay, now I know why Jessica answers them. <laughs> now, now, Patty, I get it. Patty, I get it. I get it. I get it. We're done. We get, I get it. <laughs> what time did you arrive at the, at the venue? 11. Okay. 8 o'clock at night. 8 o'clock at night. But the, you arrived there at what time? 11 a.m. That's what was expected. And then you guys got back at almost 3 o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. And this morning, you were here at 9 a.m. See, reverence, is, reverence to God is demonstrated in, in how you have him in all of your daily plans. It's, it's not just, some people take it lightly. Oh, it's just worship. That's not, it's just worship. And I'm going to go a little extra long because I know the Eagles are playing today. So I'm going to go a little extra long today. Uh, <laughs> All right, here we go. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. But it's also expressed in our generosity in your giving, we don't need um, we don't we don't need to sit here and harp for over an hour about giving and being generous. We don't need to do that. You you should know that out of your reverence to who God is, in your compassion, and your gentleness, and your kindness. Are you all with me? No better illustration I can give you when you're trying to understand reverence and fear than that of the beach. If anything positive came out of the quarantine in 2020 and 2021 is the fact that I've never been a beach person. I've ne I've haven't been designed my this body is not meant to be on a beach. So this body stays away from the beach. And and but 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 being locked being locked away in this quarantine for the last two years kind of did something to me in that I told Becky, I want to see the beach a little more. 
I want to go to the ocean. I want to go out more. And so we, we went to Orlando and, 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 and we drove Daytona. We went to Crystal. Uh, what's the other one? Uh, Clearwater. Clearwater. And we we're trying to get to uh, St. Peter. But we we're just trying to get to the beach because I was telling Becky, I want to go to the beach. And you know what we did at the beach? Nothing. Nothing. We drove two hours to sit and do nothing. Right? But that's what you do. So when you're thinking about reverence and fear, that very ocean, that very ocean, you stand at its shore and you take, you take in its beauty. It's all you do, you just take in its beauty and its wonder and you're looking from side to side and you could hear it. You could sense it. However, that same ocean can also take your life in just a blink. That is reverence and fear. It is neither good or bad. It simply is. When we're thinking about God, God isn't good or bad. He simply is. This is why he is the I am. He is a good God. That's an attribute that we give him. But he simply is I am. Are you getting are you understanding that? That's what reverence and fear is all about. I hope, I hope this sticks. I hope this sticks. So that on Saturday night, when you're getting ready for your Sunday morning service, you're thinking, I'm going to set the alarm. I'm going to get our services at 11 o'clock. You arrived at three o'clock and you still probably got about a good six, five hours. And, and that was sacrificial. But <laughs> no, leave him alone. All right. Our obedience to God needs to be the same. We are to obey him in reverence and fear because of who he is. This is why we obey him. When pop walks in the room, it's, a, it's different. When mom walks in the room, it's, it's different. There's a reverence. There's an expectation. Number three, remember God's work in you is progressive. Let me say this again. Remember that God's work in you is progressive. And this is what Paul was saying to that church. He said, listen, he is still working in you. His benefits are instant, but the work is still progressive. You're not done quite yet. So you're going to be a little jacked up and that's to be expected. Stop being so hard on yourself. You're going to miss it every once in a while. You're going to drop it every once in a while. You're going to step in it every once in a while. God is the one that's working in you, but the benefits are instant. Man, somebody should celebrate God because of that. <laughs> Romans chapter 8, 15. Listen. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm 
that we are God's children. Stop. Because we need that reminder. Because there is, there is the work of the enemy that works against us to tell us that we are worthless. But his spirit affirms, no, you are my child. Right there where you are and all of your shortcomings, you are my child. I love you. Keep reading. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. Okay, that's it. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his. That's the part none of us want. See, God's benefits and his promises in our lives are immediate and they are instant. It's an inheritance. However, his work in me isn't instant, isn't immediate. It is progressive. Somebody say progressive. Not because of him, but because of the sinful nature that overwhelms me and wars against me daily. There's a constant struggle. Second Corinthians chapter 3, 16, 18. Let's wrap this up quickly. But whenever someone turns to the Lord, when does this happen? What's the, ti- what's the timeline? Someone turns. The veil is taken away. For the Lord is the Spirit, and wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is what? There is what? There is what? All right, come on. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. Continue. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us. Who makes you? Who makes you? Who makes, is it the pastor? Going to the church? No, the, the Lord makes us more and more that's progressive, guys. As we are into his what? It doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take some time. In fact, I'm going to show you the timeline. I'll let you know the timeline. And I don't want you to be discouraged. I just need you to be informed. So that you understand the work in me is still not finished. Because many of us are, are, are dropping on Monday or on Tuesday and immediately you throw up your hands and you're going, I can't do this. And you know what? I can't go to church. I'm a mess. This stuff doesn't work. And, and you give up. You walk away. God is saying it takes time. I'm working some stuff. My relational status as his child and my salvation from sin is instant. My status is instant. But there's an ongoing work in me that happens by way of the Holy Spirit that is progressive. Just like in the process of adopting a child, the child, once you adopt that child, will have to, will need some time to become acclimated to its new atmosphere, environment, conditions, the culture of the family. It doesn't happen instantly. But the status, the name, the inheritance is that child instantly because of the legal process of adoption. Philippians chapter one, verse six says, and I am certain that God who 
who began the, the good work within you will continue his work. When? When? Until it is finally finished. When? Are you hearing me? Think about a microwave. You're setting it and it's just cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking and cooking. Brian got that. Yeah, you can tell what he eats. <laughs> and it's just cooking and cooking. And you know when the bell is going to ring? When, when, the Christ, when Christ returns. That's when you're finished. So don't you ever get arrogant thinking that you're done. No matter where you are today, and you may feel high today, it's, it's, you're at your highest today. I'm here to tell you there are, some, there are some more advances for you tomorrow. There is still some more growth for you tomorrow. Are you getting me? You are being worked on till Jesus' return. Number four, take advantage. Now, all of this that I'm giving you, all of these points are based on the scripture that we just finished reading in Philippians. Take advantage of both the desire and the power that God has given you to do what pleases Him. Take advantage of what? The desire and the power that God has given you to do what pleases Him. Who gives you the power? Who gives you the desire? Yeah, there's some times that it is real hard to drag your butt to church. I get it. There's some times that it's real hard to wake up in the morning to pray. I get it. There's some times that's just real hard to, to just make it to a fellowship group. I, I get it. To do devotional time. I get it. But see, the desire and the power doesn't come from your effort, your sacrifice. It comes from God. It is God in you that prompts you to seek and pursue him. Man, it's an intimate relationship. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. And I'm giving you these scriptures so, so, so that I, you, know, you can go back and, and read these scriptures. We now have this light shining in our, in our heart. But we ourselves are what? Did you get it? You're not a tank, man. You're fragile. You're not made out of titanium. You're not indestructible. Unpenetrable. There is some stuff that's going to come your way that's going to jack you up and mess you up. Because you're fragile. But, somebody say but. Man, God is faithful to his faith. Listen. We contain this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power, huh? From God, not from ourselves. Wives and husbands, stop pointing fingers at each other, at each other's failures. When one of us misses it, stop doing that. It is his great power from God doesn't come from me and I'm going to mess up sometimes and this is where I have to look at my wife Becky and go hey honey I'm sorry I messed up where's Becky Which one? I'm sorry y'all got to change your hair all right I was looking that way that's my wife right there 
All right, that's my boy. All right, so listen. Huh? I, uh, but, but this is why I have to, no, no, listen in all seriousness. And, and I drop the ball every once in a while, and I do. And I, hey man, I'm sorry. I was, I was, I was out of line. I was out of line. I'm sorry. Right? And then, and then, and then she forgives me, and she cooks me a meal, and we're happy. It's a lot of forgiveness. Listen, you're not always going to crush it in this walk. You're going to step in it. You're going to mess up. But he knows it. He equips you with both his power and his desire to continue to pursue him. Somebody needs to hear that this morning. Now, seriously, somebody needs to hear that this morning. He gives you the power. He gives you the desire to pursue him. You have to get a hold of this information because not knowing this then can lead you to believe that you can do it on your own effort and strength. And I'm here to tell you, you can't and you won't. You need his help. We need him. We need his help. I remember one time, um, I remember one time, uh, Corey, and uh, Corey, I'm going to call you out like this, but, but I'm going to use you as an example. Corey came out one time and he was just busted. I don't know. Anna did something to him at the house. I'm not going to give you the details. But he came out and, and as perfect man as he is, because that woman. But, but he came out and I remember he was sitting in the back and he was just crushed. And in fact, he was so crushed that he had a hoodie and he put it over his head. And the guys came around him and they all prayed and we prayed and we had the service and afterwards remember he was apologizing and I was like you don't need to apologize if you can't be broken in this community and find strength on your way out then we're not doing church right I should be able to come in here broken and have an arsenal of people to come around me to lift me so that when we leave here I don't leave the same way and that's what this is about. This is the community where I could be as vulnerable as I can and I could be jacked up. So guys, I need you too. All right, I'm not invincible. I need you guys. I need you too. And I appreciate all of the phone calls and the people that pray for me during the week to go, hey man, you okay? You all right? Yesterday was a lonely time for me. I'm just messing with Number five. Number five, adjust your attitude. Adjust your Tell the person next to you, adjust your attitude. Come on, husbands and wives, look at each other. Becky, adjust your attitude. Seriously, adjust your attitude. Let, listen, that, leave that point there. I want us to read it together. If there are children that are here, I know some of you guys are here. Some, be careful how you do this, but, but, but you have to adjust your attitude. All right? Especially the kidults. You know kidults? Got to adjust their attitude. Paul told his church, all that you do, do with a, do with a willing attitude. Don't complain in your service. 
Don't complain in your generosity. Don't complain in your hospitality. All that you do, do without complaining and do it without arguing. Whatever comes your way as an opportunity to manifest God's compassion as a child of God and shine your light as his child, watch the attitude that fuels your actions. Watch it. Colossians chapter 3, 23, 24. Work willingly. Whatever you do, as though you were working for the Lord. Let me tell you something. If you vacuum the floor here, you're vacuuming the floor for the Lord, not for Scarlet Note. I'm going to say that again. Because some of us sometimes get, I'm doing this. If you're here and you're cleaning, you're cleaning not for Scarlet Note, you're cleaning for the Lord. If you're giving, you're giving not the Scarlet Note, it's the Scarlet Note. If I'm attending service and I'm serving, I'm serving not the Scarlet Note, but to the Lord. Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than All right, good, thank you, Adrian. Only one person got it. Where's George? George didn't like that one. George, you got to work as it's for the Lord. Get, get, change your attitude. <laughs> Listen to the next one. <laughs> Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as reward. Are you listening? Who gives you the reward? Not the pastor. I've been working in that church. <laughs> It's my birthday this week, or it's my anniversary coming. I've been there two, three years. Listen to me. I love you guys, and I do as well as I can to remember people and, 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 and celebrate you, but sometimes I, I could miss it. But remember, you're not doing it for any people. You're doing it for the Lord, right? Remember that. Okay. And, and he's going to give you an inheritance as your reward. Do you want my, you want a certificate? Where's Pastor Jose? Pastor Jose, do you <laughs> do you want the certificates? We we I mean they cost. I'm sorry, but I don't want to put it put it out. Don't say it. Don't say it. Where do you want his reward? Because the, the certificates we give you come from Staples. You want the reward from Staples, or you want the reward from heaven? I'm just saying. <laughs> ain't get a certificate. <laughs> Mine didn't have a gold seal on it. I'm not gold status. No, this church is an amazing church, and we don't have those people here. No, we don't have those people here. The culture here rejects it anyway. Seriously, the culture of this church rejects that anyway, so we don't have those kind of people here. But remember that when we look at our walk as Christians our attitude is the part along the journey that only you can adjust there are a lot of things that we may not have control over but our attitude is definitely one that we can control I, I can't take credit for this quote that I'm about to share with you 
But we can complain because roses, because rose bushes have thorns, or we could make a choice to rejoice because thorns have roses. Right? I can't take, I should have taken credit for that one. All right, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to edit that out. I'm going to share something. <laughs> but did, are you hearing that? We can complain because rose bushes have thorns or make a choice to rejoice because thorns have roses. And like I said, you could stand at the shore of the ocean and admire its beauty or stand at the shore and go, this is deadly. An attitude is the part of you that God leaves up to you to deal with and for you to manage. Your attitude. Paul writes 13 of 27 books in the New Testament. And these books are known as epistles. They're, they're letters. So when you look through your Bible and, and you're reading through, through the New Testament, there are 13 books that are not actually books. They're just letters that were written to churches. Four of them, Philemon, Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians, they, they're all written, though, while he's in jail. He, he wrote those particular books while he was in jail. But he wasn't in jail complaining and arguing about being in jail. So while he was in jail, he took that opportunity in his attitude adjustment to minister and take that opportunity to tell people about Jesus. And I said last week that things people say or do can often hurt us. But how we choose to respond to what is said or done to us is our responsibility. Did you hear me? And I want us, I want us to take that in very careful because I have to remind people this week a couple of times that you not hear what I said. I said that on Sunday. Write it down and I want you to apply that. You can't go through life trying to assume what other people are feeling about you. Making judgment on what other people, this is what they said about me. This is what they, they meant. And this is how, and like, stop it. And even if, even if something was said or even if something was done to you, your attitude, you know, as I go back and I think about my incident at the airplane, in the airplane, I think about, did I really need to put my hands on that person? Just a few months before, Becky, I'm going to throw you under the bus too because I can't be the only one to go down. So I'm going to throw you under the bus too because you jacked up too. So we were, we were at BJ's. We were at BJ's. We were at BJ. I'm going to get a meal tonight. We were at BJ's and, and Becky, Becky, and Becky, it is your story. I know, but I'm going to rob it to hijack it. And we were, at, we were, we were, listen, we were preparing some stuff for two or better. And while we we're preparing stuff for two or better, Becky had just worked eight hours. She comes out. She's tired. She's exhausted. We are in line. Once we go and we go in line, the uh, floor manager, I don't know what her role is, but she goes, excuse me, sir, guys, no, the line is over there. I go, no, it's right here. No, the line is on that side. And when I looked at the line, like 
right way over there. There's a guy in the back. I'm like, no, it's my gear. Yeah, I go, oh my goodness. And so, so I got frustrated. But Becky's like, nope, I'm going right here. That was her attitude, guys. And then, and I was next to her, and the whole time I was being so righteous. Hey, baby, 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 baby. No, it's not right. I've been here and I'm tired. I ain't going over. I ain't doing it. And then she too, she grabbed her finger and touched the lady on the shoulder. And she went like this. I was freaking out. I'm like going, oh my goodness, TMZ is going to catch this. (laughs) In Newcastle. (laughs) And we got into the car. It's okay. Anyway, we went, we got in line, we did the whole thing. Hold on. The whole time, the whole time I lectured Becky, I'm like, how dare you? Do you know who we are? We are children of God, the most high. How dare you conduct yourself this way? Get yourself together. But then I'm in an airplane and I was doing the same thing. And you know, No, 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 no. And, and I bring this up. Listen, listen, listen. I, 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 in, all, in, all, in all seriousness, that could have gotten ugly. It could have, seriously, what happened in the plane could have gotten ugly. Do you know the amount of stupid things that happen in our lives and then Satan sits back and laughs at us? You have control of your attitude. In fact, the benefits that God gives us is that he gives us the power of the Holy Spirit. We are to walk away. Becky, we got to get better. Okay? We got to get better. Lastly, are you ready? This is the last point. And we're done. Shine your light where is needed. Shine your light where light is needed. I overstated this point. You can go back to the podcast and listen over and over, but light needs to shine where darkness exists. If you aren't present where darkness exists, then you'll never know that your light is on. So we have to turn on the light where? In the dark. Where do we turn it on? In the dark. It's not enough to come to church and think here to be light here. We're not called to be light in church. We're here to be light where? Where? In the world. Stand to your feet this morning. As, as, as I wrap this up, you, your light ought to be shining from afar as a city on a hill. People could see you and you lead people to God because of your conduct, your behavior. Listen, this isn't easy. Listen, I'm, I'm, I want you to look at the person next to you and say, it's not easy. This is not easy. Wives, your husbands need prayer. Husbands, your wives need prayer. We we need to sustain each other. Parents, children are out of control. So, So you need prayer. Our children need prayer. We are to deliberately 
tell ourselves daily, daily, Jesus said that I'm light of the world. He gives me the power and the desire both to pursue him. So with all eyes closed this morning, this afternoon, Heavenly Father, I pray for every woman, man, and child. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.